Good morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to Morning Glory, our midweek Bible study, and I'm so glad that you are here today. If you want to mark your place in the Bible, we're going to begin today in 1 Kings chapter 18. But first, let's open up with prayer. Heavenly Father, as we go into your word today, we ask that your Holy Spirit would quicken the word to our understanding so that we can take it and run with it and receive great miracles. In Jesus' name we pray, and together we say amen. Praise the Lord. Now, today I want to talk about the reality that God can do a miracle for you. Woo, praise the Lord. But before we jump into this message, let me show you a few uh, neat pictures. Praise the Lord. Uh, these are images of our books that have been translated into Mandarin Chinese. The first book that you're looking at is my book, Fasting and Prayer. That's the one with the sword. And so that is now available as a free digital download. The next book, How to Operate in the Gifts of the Holy Spirit, there with the uh, black and blue cover, uh, that book has already been circulating throughout China. Now, the next one, which has just been finished, is Supernatural Fragrance. Woo, there with the roses. Praise the Lord. And I know that uh, the Chinese people are going to love this. And keep in mind that over one billion people speak Mandarin, and not only in China, but a lot of people in Taiwan and uh, even Singapore, different parts of uh, the Asian world. Next, we have with the oil, we have the sacred anointing, and that has now been completed in Mandarin. And the fifth book that has been completed is the book about manifesting the blessings of God there with the two open doors. That also is now available as a free digital download. And would you believe that one sister in China who watches all of these messages on YouTube uh, she took it upon her heart uh, as an assignment from the Lord to take my books and at no charge and at no cost to do all of the labor to translate them into Mandarin for the many, many people that uh, love God, but they, don't, they do not have a lot of materials uh, to which to uh, study by. So the Lord will bless her. And uh, if you perhaps speak Mandarin and you would like to be an ambassador for my books to the Chinese people, then email me because what happens is that we will build a website where these books can be downloaded for free and the Chinese government comes right along and they take them down just as fast as we can put the sites up. So if you would like to help in some areas and you would have the ability to uh, build out a site in Chinese or in Mandarin uh, that we can promote these books, maybe from a English side, and that, that way they could, because uh, they, they know how to get to our English websites, then that would really be a help. Praise the Lord. And also, if you speak French or German or Spanish, and you would like to uh, help with translating uh, my books into those various languages, then contact me and let me know. There's a lot of companies that, that out there they will do it, but it can uh, become quite costly. But if you have that grace, you have that gift, and you would like to do it as unto the Lord, then contact me at contact at stephenbrooks.org, 
and uh, help me push these teaching materials into the hands of God's people around the world. We get emails all the time of how these books change people's lives through the truths that are contained in them. Woo, praise the Lord. Now, do people get saved? Sometimes, but I do not function in the ministry office of an evangelist, although I am evangelistic. But my main calling is apostolic and with the prophetic and teaching. So, uh, you know, I can just teach all the time, all the time. And that's what helps people to come into the fullness of what God has for them. So if you would like to be more involved, even actively with uh, pushing these books around the world, uh, maybe in different languages, let me know and uh, let's work together because together we can do more. Praise God. Thank you so much. And may the Lord bless that sister uh, over in China who has done all of these beautiful translations. Praise God. Now we're going to begin today in 1 Kings chapter 18 and let's go directly to verse 45. Now it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and wind, and there was a heavy rain. So Ahab rode away and went to Jezreel. Then the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah. Now the hand of the Lord is an expression that we often see in the Old Testament scriptures that would be referring to the power of the Holy Spirit coming upon a man or woman. Then the hand of the Lord or the Spirit of God came upon Elijah and he girded up his loins and ran ahead of Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Well, we have old King Ahab riding along in his chariot, pulled by the fastest steeds in all of the land of Israel. But the Spirit of God comes upon Elijah, and he outruns the king's chariot, pulled by those fast horses. Now, it says that he ran ahead of Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. It doesn't say that he went in. And I think that that was wise because while Ahab was the king, the person that was calling the shots was actually more behind the scenes. And that was his wicked wife, Jezebel. So since Jezebel was in the city, it does appear that Elijah stopped there and wouldn't go in because he doesn't really know if Ahab is going to have a more fuller change of heart or if he's just had a high moment because of the miracles that he just saw. Praise the Lord. But there is this thing of uh, not only God can do a miracle and he can touch your physical body, and that actually happens to some people when they get older, maybe in the very last stages of their life, uh, many times the Lord will touch them and they feel like they're like 25 years old and they do things for an 80 year old or a, or a 90 year old that are physically impossible. I've read about it many, many times. Now that will last, maybe it'll last for an hour, but they're running upstairs and moving around and uh, doing things that are just, it's just like a touch of God's grace. Amen. So, Elijah had it where the Spirit of God came upon him. He received the gift of working of miracles, and he's working it. He's running, praise God. And there is something about even miracles of speed that I want you to be aware of because God can not only work, he can work very, very quickly. And I had, I had a very interesting situation in a vision that happened just a few nights back. I told you how, uh, well, actually, Jesus came to me uh, in the appearance of Superman. And I, I know he doesn't look like that all the time, but he's, uh, remember, he is a prophet. 
Uh, he's the prophet, and he's very prophetic, so he can portray a message to you through like a role or or an identity that he can like uh, take. And we have a lot of scriptures that back that up. I mean, Jesus can make himself look like the gardener. You can't even recognize him. He can, he can do all kinds of things where uh, he maybe looks like a homeless person or something like that. But So he's conveying a message or trying to get something over to you. I've seen him before dressed as a shepherd, literally like a shepherd out in the field wearing old worn shepherd's clothes that had been worn by the sun and the wind and the rain. He, he appeared to me like that one time. But this time, just recently, he appeared to me as Superman. I mean, with the cape and the, you know, the blue and the S on his chest and, uh, you know, the muscles and all of that. Uh, but the emphasis that he was making was uh, not only Superman's ability to do a lot, but to do it very, very quickly. And I saw Jesus moving so fast. It was like in the movies how uh, uh, when they're trying to demonstrate high speed, like everything goes into a blur except for the person who's moving and everything else is just like, uh, uh, it's either like slows down dramatically while he keeps moving or he's like kind of like in a blurred super fast. That's what it was like. He was moving and getting things done so quickly. And I want you to know that God can give you the miracle of speed where something that might take uh, you know, like a three-year plan can really get done in uh, in one week even. You know, I, uh, I was told personally uh, by a man that his pastor said, um, we're going to receive uh, offerings, special offerings over these next, uh, you know, several years so we can build a new sanctuary. This man told me that he just paid the whole thing off. He went to the pastor later and said, said, I just paid the whole thing off for him. He was a businessman that had come up with a new product and uh, the product just went like wildfire, got in every store in America and still is. It's on the shelves of every Walmart and every grocery store in America today. Uh, but he was using that money uh, to pour it into the kingdom and what normally would have been a two or three year building project. Uh, it was, For him, it was over with in one week and the pastor and the elders, they had all the money. And then it's just, you know, work with the construction company and get it done. Praise God. Miracles of speed. And God can do it in a way also where you're very calm um, many of you know that we were in London, England ministering just a few, about two months ago. My wife and I were there, and after the meetings were over, we had some free time, and we said, let's go up to the island, the holy island of Lindisfarne, and that's where the cradle of Christianity was brought that spread throughout uh, the uh, Britain and the British Isles. It all happened on that little island of Lindisfarne. So we said, let's go there. So we uh, we uh, booked the train, and uh, you have to book the right train because if you get there you know, at the wrong time, uh, you, you can't go to the island because uh, when the tide is in, uh, the water's there and you can't get to it. But when the tide goes out, you can drive over that peninsula area and you can get to it. So you've got to time all of that. So it was a little bit tricky, but Pastor Kelly got it all figured out, got the right tickets uh, for timing. And so in the morning, the next morning when the meetings are over, we uh, go to the train station and we were assured by the hotel staff, oh, it's only a 20 minute drive. I kind of felt like, I don't know if that's going to work or not, but they said, oh no, trust us, it's only 20 minutes. <laughs> so we left early, but 
uh, it wasn't 20 minutes. And as we were in, you know, London, downtown London traffic, trying to get to the major train station, oh, the traffic was really bad. And the taxi driver said, oh, no, he said, it's probably at least an hour. So the closer and closer we got to the station, uh, the closer and closer we got to the time where the train was going to depart. And it actually, on, on, the, on the watch, it looked like there's no way you're going to make this train. I mean, there, there's just no way. But I had such a spirit of faith on me that I wasn't even worried about it at all. I was just actually enjoying the drive, looking at all the buildings as we're getting closer. And when we finally did get there uh, by the taxi that dropped us off, uh, we literally had like two minutes before the train left. And we're carrying luggage, and we don't know where to go. I mean, when you've been to the central train station in London, this is like the center. What is this, like the center of the universe? I mean, there's thousands and thousands of people, and there's, you know, directional boards uh, that are, you know, the size of, like, uh, stuff they use in football stadiums. And there's there's people everywhere. There's trains everywhere. There's the lower train station, the upper train station. It's just like... When you first get there and you're in a hurry, it's like pandemonium. But we just stood there and we sensed it's over here in the lower one. And my natural mind thought, well, it'd be the upper one. No, it's the lower train station. So we start kind of walking really fast. And then we realize, well, we bet we probably should jog. So me and Kelly start jogging and we're pulling suitcases. And as we do, uh, and as we come into the main train station, there was a worker that saw us coming and he comes up to us and turns around backwards and starts running backwards so he could talk to us face to face. So we're running this way and he's he's running backwards and we're talking He's and he's saying, where are you going? Okay, we're going to Lindisfarne. Oh, okay. So you need to go here. Yes, we need to go. And he's explaining everything to us while he's, he's talking to us, looking at it and he never turns around to um, make sure he's not going to run into something or run over somebody. And, I, and, you know, at times like that, you want to stop and say, hey, look, I know that you're an angel, uh, I don't, but I don't really have time to talk with you right now. But it was just, it was one of those silly moments where you know it's supernatural, but you're in such a hurry that you can't, you can't even get into that. So this person, when we got to the first gate, uh, and there's gates all over the, you know, gates just as far as you can see. We get to the first gate. He turns around real quick and takes his badge. And we don't even have time to scan our tickets. He just takes his badge and scans and gates start opening. And he's opening gates in front of us while he's running and we're running through them. <laughs> it was so silly. It was so miraculous. So here's what's going on. The gift of faith is is passive it receives a miracle. And so the whole time this is happening, I actually felt completely relaxed. I wasn't the least bit stressed we're going to miss the train. Although on the watch, it looks like there's no way you're going to make it. But I actually was having fun. I was, I knew, I, I actually knew I was receiving a miracle. Yet at the same time, because the gifts can overlap, okay? At the same time, I knew that I was also working a miracle. How do you know that? Because, well, the working of a miracle is not passive. That's active. And I'm running. <laughs> I'm not just sitting down on a bench saying, let the train come over here. No, I'm running to the train. So I'm moving forward in faith with a total serenity and calmness. Uh, 
and even enjoying it, but I'm also um, working this thing. So I'm working a miracle. And we got, we kept getting closer and closer. And sure enough, he says, there's the train, there's your train. And there's trains just lined up almost, there's, there's trains all over the place, countless, limitless trains. It had been like trying to find a needle in a haystack uh, if you were t- going by your normal rate of speed. And he said, there's your train, takes us right to the train. And we, you know, walk out on the platform and the, one of the workers said, you've got to get on the train immediately. I said, well, I think our car is way up there. He said, you don't have time to get on the, on your car. He said, get on the train and you you can walk through the train up to your car. And we stepped on the train. The instant we stepped on the train, the doors closed behind us and the train pulled out. (laughs) Woo! And we just carry our luggage. You know, you pull your luggage up through the center of the train until you get to your car and take your seat and sit down and relax and enjoy the beautiful English countryside. Praise God. But sometimes you need a marriage. Uh, well, Pastor Stephen, you should have left earlier. Yes, we probably should have left earlier, and that way we could have, uh, you know, uh, just kind of like gone along at a smoother uh, pace, whatever. But the bottom line, we made it and still had peace, had a lot of fun, uh, had a lot of joy, glory to God. But sometimes life does create circumstances where, yeah, you need a miracle. So when you need a miracle, it, uh, you don't wait on a miracle, you work a miracle. And so you keep moving forward and you keep praising God and you stay in faith. And often that gift of faith will rest on you. But yeah, you work it. You just work it out. And there were there were multiple weird things going on. Like not only that man running backwards, turned around running backwards very fast while he's talking to us, not looking where he's going and just pulling a badge out and flashing a badge and gates are opening and stuff like that. But some other things that happened too, all packed into a very condensed, like three minute episode that seemed like something out of a movie. I mean, I mean, we're not trying to save the universe. We're just trying to get on a train. <laughs> but at the same time, if you miss that train, it's not like you can catch the next one, although there'll be another one. But even if you catch the next one, by the time you get there, the tides change. And now you're now you're stranded and you can't get to the hotel and your island is on the hotel. So everything starts going out of whack. So you need a miracle, praise God. I'm here to tell you that God can do some big miracles, but some of you need some small ones, maybe just to get to where you're supposed to go. God not only can do miracles, he can do speed miracles. Glory to God. So I, I see things condensed. And I think that what the prophet Amos prophesied, chapter 9, verse 13, that the sower of the seed is going to, is uh, the harvest will take place so quick that he'll actually overtake the reaper. And so I see many of you that, yes, while sometimes we drop those very sacrificial offerings where we do something really, really special, at the same time, God is going to bring such harvest back to you so quick that you'll be ready to do another one within three months, praise God, and you can boom, just keep doing these things. So in other other words, it's not just like once in a lifetime memorial offerings, although you do have special moments, but God starts bringing such harvest that you thought you had... uh, had a, it's like you went to the moon uh, you, because you did such a big offering, but now God has bought such a harvest that not only can you give another one, it's bigger than the last one. Wow. Praise God. Get ready. Not only for the miraculous, but for the speed element 
upon the miraculous. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, very quickly, let's go over to 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 12. This is the classic chapter in the Bible that reveals the gifts of the Spirit. And we do have to say a big thank you to a man who's in heaven right now. His name is uh, Howard Carter. And he was the man that went before the Lord while he was in prison. Now, he, this was World War One, and he was a British uh, uh, objector to the war. And he said, the war is useless. This is not a war that's worth fighting for and people getting killed over. And he said, I, through my, because of my consciousness, I object to this. I'm not going to fight in this. They said, okay, we'll throw you in prison. And the truth is, and history has verified it, is that World War One was, if you ever wanted to see a war that was unnecessary, uh, yeah, World War One was a stupid, needless, unnecessary war. And uh, many leaders of Europe actually had what was called a romanticized idea of war, that it was valiant to die in battle. And of course, they also thought that, you know, we're primarily going to win. So the ones that are going to be dying are going to be the ones that we go up against. And you had a lot of young men go off to war, you know, all excited, you know, taking pictures and uh, saying, we'll be back soon. Uh, but when bombs started going off and body parts go start flying, then suddenly you realize uh, this is hell. The, and so the romanticized version of war that many European leaders had going into World War One. That was over with the moment the real bullets started flying. So anyhow, Howard Carter was uh, put in prison. But while in prison, uh, he began to ask God to give him illumination, understanding concerning the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. And he was the man that God worked through to unlock what each gift's function and meaning is and how the gifts can be bracketed into categories of three, 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 three gifts that are revelation gifts, three gifts that are uh, power gifts, three gifts that are vocal gifts. And he got all of that by the Holy Spirit during that, uh, we could call it downtime that he had, praise the Lord. So uh, some of these things that I'm sharing, of course, would come from his teaching as well as from my own personal experience of having these gifts operated in my life. Praise the Lord. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, I want to go directly to verse 10. And here we see the manifestation of the Spirit uh, to, uh, as being the working of miracles. Praise God. The working of miracles. Miracles are not a thing that we wait for. Miracles are a thing that we work at. Woo! Now, the gift of faith is what we would say passive, and that's just something that you could receive. It comes on you, and you just have that, uh, you feel like a popsicle the whole time. You feel so cool and chilled out that, um, just like Daniel in the lion's den, uh, just going to sleep on the lions, the angel has closed all the mouths of the lions, and he's just receiving, he's receiving a miracle. Now, if you'd have put Samson down in that lion's den, uh, we would have had a very different outcome because the Spirit of God worked on him uh, through working in miracles, and he would have worked something. He would have probably have killed every lion down in there 
and then lean back on one of the dead ones and probably taking a, a little nap. But uh, it's different. But we're talking today about the working of miracles, and so it's something that we work at. The working of miracles is not passive, but active. And when it says working of miracles, that in the Greek would be working of dunamis. And dunamis denotes the working of a mighty deed. And it is the word where we get our English word dynamite from. So it is the working of a dynamic, dynamite type deed. It is something where the natural is suspended, not permanently, but just temporarily where the natural is suspended and God's power comes upon a person to work a miracle. Woo! A mighty deed. Praise God. Praise God. Get ready. God's going to do a miracle for you. God's going to do a miracle through you. Mm-mm. Thank you, Jesus. Now, let's cover just a few things here. What does it take to work the supernatural, to work the gift of the working of miracles? Well, first of all, we must believe that we are created for it. Thank you, Jesus. We see this very clearly in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 16, verses 17 and 18. And these signs, now these would be miraculous signs. Let me stop there just for a moment. Many of the miracles in the Old Testament were done as demonstrations of God's power. And of course, they carry that element with them today as well. But a lot of times in the New Testament and in the church age, miracles, while they can carry power, miracles also carry a note of what we would call a supernatural sign. Uh, What is a sign? Well, if you were driving down the interstate, you know, the I-40 runs all the way from North Carolina and goes across the country from the, uh, you know, east to the west, goes all the way to California. If you were driving on the I-40 and you didn't have GPS and you didn't have a map, you all you have to do is stay on the I-40 and follow the signs. What are the signs? They are indicators of going in the right direction, or they could be an indicator, as some signs are saying, uh, you're going the wrong way. Praise the Lord. So there are miracles that are, in a sense, signs. They are supernatural signs that do what? They point people to Jesus. Woo! Praise the Lord. Now, I've had miracle signs in my ministry at different times. One of the miracle signs that was witnessed by many people was when we had a storm here about 15 years ago, and I could not get to the church. I could not get to the center to stream the internet message. So Kelly and I just thought, well, there's so much snow and a big storm. Let's just do it from the house. So we set up a little place in the house and uh, put some lights and uh, we grabbed the picture. This is a picture uh, and I'll put it up on the uh, screen right now so that you can see it. And let me write that down because I want to make sure that I show you this picture. Uh, Many people have seen it here in the church sanctuary, but this picture of these two men praying at the Wailing Wall, the Western Wall in Jerusalem, was painted by a group of traveling Jewish students who painted and sold their paintings to raise money and to uh, make a living. And so a lady in California uh, purchased that oil painting for uh, me and Kelly, and we took it and put it in our home. Now, 
That night during the storm, during the blizzard, we said, hey, let's grab that painting of uh, the Western Wall with the men, put that behind me as a backdrop, okay? So you can see the painting, and you can see what it is, or you can see what it's not, okay? It's, uh, it's just a painting of a Western Wall with uh, uh, two men praying at it. Well, when I was teaching that night live on the internet, Jesus's face came and appeared on that painting. Now, I've had many people stand before that painting, uh, you know, even somebody was there just like a few weeks ago, and they said, mm, yeah, I think, Pastor Steve, I think I can see Jesus maybe there. And I said, no, it doesn't work like that. that. We're not trying to find something that's hidden in the painting. No, his face, alive, eyes, everything appeared on that painting and was looking at people. And people, I mean, emails started coming in. Uh, you know, text messages were popping up. Uh, Pastor Stephen, I think you need to turn around and look at that picture. And I mean, people were like stunned by it because his, his eyes were alive and looking at people. What was that? It was a miracle? Yes, but it was a sign miracle. Amen. A, a sign of, uh, in many ways, for my internet ministry, going around the world, that we would not just shut things off because we had a little storm, that we're going to preach this gospel, come hell, high water, storms, coronavirus, or whatever. We're going to keep on preaching the gospel. Amen. And so the Lord really honored that and blessed that. Now, um, I uh, actually just yesterday read the story of a man who was in the meeting when Stephen Jeffries was ministering in South Wales and as he was preaching uh, before thousands of people, he noticed that everybody stopped looking at him and they're looking at something over to his side. And he turned around to see what it was. And the face of Jesus appeared on the wall and it went through various stages. There was the face of Jesus as the shepherd uh, with even holding a lamb. And then the face would turn into a different aspect of his ministry. And even the, it kept building. And there was the, the face uh, with the crown of thorns on his head. And uh, this went on for, uh, all night long. Uh, and people, uh, you know, left the church and ran out and told people, you've got to come see what's going on over here. Jesus is preaching on the wall. And he was. By the way, that happened with Benny Hinn one time also. So, you know, it happened with me and my ministry where Jesus literally appeared with his face and looking at people, looking, eyes turning, everything like that. It was, it was pretty amazing. Well, Pastor Stephen, we need to do that again. Well, <laughs> you know, that was, that was just something that God uh, chose to do, praise the Lord. But when you push and you work the word mm -mm, and you believe that you are destined uh, not only to have signs and wonders follow you, but in sometimes even God will make you as a sign yourself. Ooh, I tell you what, you have to realize that's your inheritance, praise God. And then these things become, uh, while they're always special, they can become more normalized in the church. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. By the way, there was a man when Stephen Jeffries uh, was preaching that night, and he, he stopped preaching because this was supernatural miracle that was going on, and people would just begin to flock in by the thousands and would line up in two rows and would go by and look at it. And one man came in, he was really loud. He said, this is a fake. 
He said they're using some kind of technology that we're not aware of to project an image somehow onto that wall. And when I hold my hand up, wherever this secret hidden projector is at, it'll be shown on the back of my hand. And when he got his turn to go up and he was up there next to that wall, he held his hand up and there's, there's no light, there's no projector anywhere like that. He was suddenly greatly convicted by the Spirit and fell down and repented and he got his life right with God. By the way, World War, uh, the World War broke out two weeks right after that. So oftentimes there are seasons where God will do some very, very special things because uh, world history is about to take a turn of events. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. So now these signs will follow those who believe. So if you are a believer, these signs should be following you. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. So we have to first believe that we are created for signs and wonders before they actually begin to follow us. Because I know a lot of Christians, they never have any signs or wonders, but they don't believe. They don't believe Mark chapter 16, verse 17 and 18. But I do, and I know that you do too. So these things are going to start to happen in your life because why? We believe it. (laughs) Amen. So we must believe that we are created for it. And we are, praise God. Number two, We must possess what I call a miracle mentality. Glory to God. A miracle mentality, first of all, is a mentality that we are seated far above all of the uh, dangerous things that are in the earth and the evil that is in the earth. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 17 that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being flooded with light, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe. Now, what is that great power that's towards you as a believer? Well, it's according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms far above. So this is a far above miracle mentality, far above all principality and power and might and dominion in every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. So you have to realize as you read Ephesians 1 and Ephesians 2, that in the mind of God the Father, when he lifted Jesus up, he lifted you up in Christ. Woo, praise God. So because Jesus is far above and he's the head and we are the body, that positions us also as being far above all of the principalities, powers, mights, and dominions that are here on the earth, the cancer, the sickness, the disease, all of the yucky things that float throughout the earth. We are above that, and our testimony is different. Woo, praise God. We have, a, we have an element of the supernatural in us. We're not just normal people. We have God living in us, and we have a covenant with the Almighty. Now, the devil can do miracles, but they're limited in scope. And even when Moses and Aaron were working miracles, uh, there were times when the sorcerers and wizards 
of Pharaoh would be able to duplicate certain miracles. For example, when Aaron threw down the rod, by the way, most people think that Moses threw the rod down. If you read the Bible, Exodus chapter 7, it was Aaron who threw the rod down. And then uh, Pharaoh's magicians threw theirs down too and, you know, turned into snakes as well. But Aaron's rod, Aaron's snake, swallowed up all of the others. And then, like with the frogs, for instance, uh, there was the release of the plague of frogs. But Pharaoh's magician said, well, we can do that too. And they created the frogs also, but they, they couldn't get rid of them. But Moses, at his word, could get rid of all of the frogs, all of the lice, all of the whatever it was, all of the gnats, and on and on it goes. So the devil has some power, but God is the Almighty. He is the Omnipotent One. Praise God. Amen. Glory, glory to the Lord. By the way, creating frogs is not very exciting, right? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. Thank you, Jesus. So a miracle mentality believes that with God, there is always a way out. And because of that, you don't have to be a victim. You don't have to say, well, our case is hopeless because it's not. Now, the truth is, is that it may take a miracle for you to get out, but God can do a miracle for you. God wants to do a miracle for you. Why live in a situation for three years, 10 years of further uh, difficulties and strain when with one miracle, the whole thing can be over? Mm, mm. Woo, glory to God. Hang with me. I'm going to share some testimonies in just a moment. Praise the Lord. So we must possess a miracle mentality. Let's look at this in Matthew chapter 19 and verse 26. But Jesus looked at them and said to them, with men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. So there are certain things in the natural where uh, if you're relying on your own strength, uh, yeah, it's over with. We're either maybe going to die or we're going to be in a situation where uh, we're going down and this is not good. But with God, your testimony will be different and you serve the Almighty, and He can do a miracle for you. Now, we don't live on miracles, but sometimes you need one. And this is a gift that we need to stir up within the body of Christ. We need to stir it up in our life, and we stir it up with the rod of God. We stir it up with what is the, actually the Word of God. And when we see what belongs to us, and that Paul even told us to desire spiritual gifts, amen, God can work the gift of working of miracles through you. And notice, it's not just a gift of a miracle. It's miracles. It's plural. Mm, mm. Great mighty acts. There can be money miracles. There can be healing miracles. There can be deliverance miracles. There can be miracles where God hides you and nobody can find you and you're safe. I'm telling you, there's all kinds of miracles that God can do for you. So some things in the natural are impossible. It can only be done through God. And I tell you what, God can do a miracle for you, and I want you to have that mentality that he can and that he's going to. And when the anointing comes, work it, praise the Lord. Work that miracle. Glory to God. I have in my 
hands one of uh, many books that I have on the life of Padre Pio. This one's called Glimpse into the Miraculous. Would you like to hear briefly the story about, uh, this is the story about the dead baby in the suitcase that was brought to Padre Pio. Let me read this one to you. Praise the Lord. And I tell you what, believe for the impossible. Believe for a miracle. Believe God for your own miracle. And when the anointing comes and stirs you, because faith without works is dead, then uh, connect with that action. Connect with that activity. It says here, page 94, a six-month-old baby was in a state of bad health that brought him close to death. The poor mother, who had great faith, thought she might save the baby by taking him to Padre Pio so, the, so that he might intercede with God for a cure. By the way, if you don't know, Padre Pio was a prophet, a saint in the Catholic Church. He lived in Italy, San Giovanni, Rotondo, Italy. I believe he passed away in the year, uh, if I'm correct, 1972, uh, right around there. And at his funeral, he had over one million people attend his funeral. He's still super famous all over the world today. Okay? It was a long distance for this woman to travel, but full of courage, she took the train. During the journey, due either, either to the child's serious condition or the rigors of travel, the baby died. The desolate mother wrapped the baby in some clothes and put it in a fiber suitcase. On arrival at the church, she ran up the steps and, suitcase in hand, took her place in the line of women waiting for confession. When her turn came, she threw herself at Padre Pio's feet and, crying pitifully, opened the suitcase. Dr. Sanguinetti, a believer and Padre Pio's right-hand man at, there at the hospital, was present at this incident. He, of course, he's a doctor, realized immediately that even if the baby had not died of the illness, he most certainly would have died of suffocation, being closed in the suitcase for so long. At the sight of the dead infant, Padre Pio paled and was gripped by emotion. He raised his eyes to heaven, prayed for a few moments, and then turned abruptly to the mother, saying, Why are you crying so loud? Can't you see? that your son is sleeping? It was true. The baby was now sleeping peacefully. The happiness of, his, of this mother was beyond description, as were her cries of great joy and those of everyone who witnessed what had happened. Woo! My friends, don't you know that your miracle is not only going to make you thrilled and happy, don't you know it's going to light a fire in others when they hear about what God did for you? <laughs> I ran into a Christian businessman one time. He was real grumpy, bad mood. I said, brother, I said, you don't seem too happy today. He, I said, what's wrong? He said, it's not right. I said, what's not right? He said, so-and-so, and he named a certain uh, minister that, uh, that I was aware of. He said, so-and-so. He said, somebody just gave that minister $5 million. He said, I don't think that's right. I said, you don't think that's right? I said, brother, I think that's wonderful. And he was upset. Why? Because he loved money. Oh, he was a covetous man. Woo! <laughs> oh, he was a real wheeler dealer and a real swindler. And uh, he doesn't live here in the area anymore. He moved out of the area. 
I think he imploded financially. And uh, a, a nice guy, but had a shady side on him. Uh, and he uh, came back to the biting really bad. But when I heard that somebody had given this minister $5 million, I thought, hallelujah, praise God, I'm next in line. Woo, I'm next in line for a blessing. Let every, I wish every minister in the county could be given $5 million. <laughs> I'll take 10. Who'll give me 20? <laughs> Woo, glory to God. Amen. I'm telling you, your miracle is going to light a fire under the feet of others to do what? To get moving and to believe God for their own miracle. Praise the Lord. You know, I've seen the Lord do some amazing miracles in my ministry. I think the greatest one still is the miracle that happened to a young girl named Jennifer uh, who was in India. And when I was ministering in India um, and getting ready to minister to the sick, Oh, there were some first-class sick people. I mean, I, there were people sitting there with chunks of flesh missing and just oozing sores and wounds and diseases all over people and uh, uh, just cases. I mean, the, the smell, the stench of rotting flesh. There were some bad, bad cases. And, uh, but I knew God was going to do some miracles, and he did. He did some whopper miracles. But there was one person they brought that, to me, in my opinion, was the worst one of all of them. They carried this girl in. Her name was Jennifer. They laid her on the front row, and she looked like a sack of potatoes. She looked pathetic. She uh, was fully paralyzed from the head all the way down to her feet, completely paralyzed. She was blind, she was deaf, she could not hear, and she could not speak. And she was also, they said, severely demon-possessed. Well, I started praying for people, and God began to do healings, and then the anointing got stronger, and we got over into a miracle anointing. Woo! Woo! Glory to God! Hallelujah! And they carried that young girl into the line. She couldn't walk. They carried her. And I prayed into her. I prayed over her and I knew the anointing, God's power went into her body. But nothing right there on the spot like happened, but I, I knew God got her. I knew anointing just saturated into her body. And so they carried her out and she was gone. And the service went on for like another maybe another hour, and then I was finished. And so anyhow, that was on a Saturday. Okay, so the next next morning was Sunday morning, the main worship service. And we were getting uh, towards, I think it was the last song in the worship. We'd done the praise and some worship. It was the last song just before the pastor would come up. So that last song, everybody was really into it. And the, the anointing was real high and God was God's glory was there. And then over on the side, a curtain was pulled back and that girl walked into the meeting. And you talked about people like uh, going into shock. When she walked in, I when I looked at her, I saw streams of light coming out of her face. Uh, I mean, it was crazy. She walked in like a queen. The, all the paralysis gone. She could talk. She could hear. And this is what I did not know. She was a Muslim, but when I prayed for her, she not only took her healing, she took Jesus as her Savior, as her Savior, and she was saved. She got saved and baptized in the Holy Spirit. <laughs> now, if that's not the full enchilada, I don't know what is, praise God. So she got it, amen. So we need miracles, amen. Mighty, mighty miracles, praise God. 
And I believe many, many more are on the way. By the way, God also does money miracles. And you can build your faith in this area for the gift of the working of miracles to manifest, where you tackle some things that are totally beyond your scope of ability to do. Um, I think about uh, the apostle Miguel Diaz over in Spain. Did you know that every day he feeds 20,000 people that have no food? He's been doing it for decades, 20,000 people. <laughs> how, does, how does he do that? <laughs> well, he, does he have strong faith? Oh, uh, yeah, in that area, very strong. But also, it, it just sometimes comes down to a point where you need a miracle. There, there is no food. We, we have run out of money. We spent all the money yesterday buying food. We don't have any more money. Well, how are we going to feed all these people? Now they're expecting to eat. And every single time, God would do a miracle over and over and over. But you have to step into that place. What is leadership? It's accepting your responsibility. It's easy just to sit on the sideline all the time and, uh, uh, and you know, maybe either cheer or some, some don't cheer you on. Some actually criticize or, you know, nitpick. But it, it's, it's just easy to not be engaged but to step in and say, God, I'm stepping into this. I'm going to need your help. And then God show himself strong. That's really when you see the miracles. Mm, why? Because they're active. They're not passive. They're active. You have to work it. <laughs> that means get in the game. <laughs> Woo, praise the Lord. Can you imagine feeding 20,000 people? Not 2,000, 20,000 every day. He wrote a book. I wish I could read it. It's in Spanish, but uh, it's about uh, the many uh, money miracles that God has done for him. But I've got another money miracle for you, and I've had them happen in my life. And But this one, it was really, really neat. Let me open up my iPad here. And, um, you know, when you go to Israel, uh, outside of Jerusalem, it's only maybe 15 miles away, there's a hill called kirjath Jerem. And that is where the Ark of the Covenant was kept for 20 years. Well, that hill or mini mountain uh, is owned by the Catholic Church. And uh, it was pretty much that hill was established, the work there, through a lady named Sister Josephine. So when you go there today and you see the beautiful church and the, uh, you know, the monastery and everything that's been built, um, that's because... Uh, you know, she jumped in there and used her faith and all of these things came about. But let me uh, read to you the story of how she bought the whole mountain. Woo, praise God, because, you know, before that it was owned by an Arab prince. And uh, one day he decided uh, to sell it. And uh, she bought it, but it took miracle money. Get ready. Get ready. God's about to put some miracle money into the hands of some of you. Some of, some, uh, some of it will be miracle seed money. Amen. Some of you have never sown a thousand dollars. God's going to give you a thousand dollars, not to go out and buy the 65 inch TV. Actually, you can get a 75 inch TV today for a thousand dollars, but you sow it you can get way beyond that. Amen. God, God's, some of you have never been able to give a $1,000 offering, but God will give you the $1,000 seed. But don't eat your seed. You're supposed to sow it. Amen. I would, I would never, uh, uh, unless in some very tough situations, I would never call $1,000 a harvest. That's, uh, that's too small. We're living in the Western world, in America. The greatest financial engine that the world has ever seen 
and somebody says $1,000 is my harvest, uh, we need to get you up to speed. Praise the Lord. We need to get the word into you. Praise God. <laughs> Don't eat your seed. <laughs> Praise God in America. You can be on welfare. Amen. And $1,000 uh, is still not a harvest. Amen. Glory to God. I mean, I, I think the city of Denver was giving $1,000 free to every homeless person every month. Praise the Lord. Amen. God's going to get some of you up to speed. Amen. Miracle speed. Miracle money. Now listen to this. And keep in mind that Sister Josephine was a nun. Uh, and nuns aren't known for walking around with big checkbooks with lots of money in the bank. So everything is being done by faith and miracles. Sister Josephine had received from a cousin in France the sum of 5,000 francs in gold which she immediately put under a slab in her room. Of course, the room was there uh, in Kirjoth Jerem. And she was very happy to have uh, the initial means to begin the foundation with which she was responsible. She went to find the spiritual fathers whom she had known since their arrival in Jerusalem and to whom she had often rendered great services to ask them for Brother Lewis uh, to ask for his help in the purchase of land. So Brother Lewis was the man uh, within the Jerusalem Catholic Church. Uh, Brother Lewis was the buyer. So if any uh, Catholic church wanted to buy something, he was the man because he was like their realtor, so to speak. Okay? Now, <clears throat> the Father Superior gladly put him at Sister Josephine's disposal. Brother Lewis, accustomed to business in the field, which was always uh, outside of the towns, such as, you know, outside of Jerusalem, not only in Jerusalem, but also these surrounding towns like Kirjoth Jerem, had a great deal of experience acquired by the purchases he had to make himself for his community. So he was the top real estate buyer and salesman. Before leaving, he went to the hospital where Sister Josephine repeated this instruction to him. Listen carefully, Brother Lewis. I only have 5,000 golden francs. Be careful. When you make the purchase, do not exceed this amount. Try to acquire the half up portion of the hill and the other half near the Benedictine convent. So, uh, Brother Lewis rides off on his white horse and uh, he found... Uh, there in the area of Kirjoth Jerem, a man from the German consulate. His name was Mr. Maroon, and uh, Brother Lewis found out that Mr. Maroon was trying to buy the whole mountain. And he had already succeeded in buying several plots on the east side of that mountain area. So, in his heart, Brother Lewis thought that it would be best if he overrode Sister uh, Josephine's recommendation and he just bought the whole mountain and whatever the sheik was willing to sell it for, that he would just agree to that price. So in front of Sheik Abdallah, who reigned over uh, the area known as Abu Ghash and the whole region, uh, the contract was established and the signature was signed for the purchase. Okay, when the day of payment arrived, now we're talking about not only money miracles, now we're talking about fast speed miracles, amen. 
Okay, so when the day of payment arrived, Brother Lois took the list of his purchases to Sister Josephine. And the purchase amount for the whole mountain, which he agreed to buy, uh, the sum was 20,732 gold francs. Sister Josephine could not help exclaiming, But what have you done, Brother Lewis? I so strongly instructed you that you not exceed the sum of 5,000 francs. But he said, if I hadn't secured those lands right away, the gentleman from from the German consulate, he would have brought them. He would have made the purchase instead. So Sister Josephine saw that this was an indication that God was in this action. So she went to her room and took up the slab from her room where she had hidden and put the 5,000 francs at, and she took them out and she began to count them. Now, she counted first her 5,000 francs, the little heap of, as she finished getting the 5,000, the coins just kept coming. She continued to count the coins and pulled them out of where she had hidden them at. And the final count of the coins that were just like multiplied, the same way like Jesus multiplied the five loaves and the two fish, Well, the coins had multiplied from 5,000, and she finished counting at 20,732 francs, the exact amount necessary for the purchase that Brother Lewis had agreed and signed on with the sheik. Woo! Now, what she did, uh, it says that she was stunned, and she went to get a sister to redo the whole count. And Sister Lucy was with her, and they counted it all over again, starting at one, went through 5,000 and counted. It kept on going all the way up, 20,732 francs. Praise God. So Sister Josephine told many times the story to those on the mountain of how God miraculously multiplied the gold coins. And this was a woman that was known throughout the whole region for honesty, purity, and fairness in all she did. Who praised God. In other words, she was a very holy woman. So let me say this, because uh, Prophet Kenneth Hagin said one time that the Lord told him that the Lord is not a counterfeiter. And I believe that. And if you take let's say like cash, like a dollar or a hundred dollar bill. It has a serial number on that. So if Jesus is multiplying cash in a sense, you could say that's like counterfeit money because, you know, you're having to what? To create a new serial number? So I can understand that. But if you have a gold coin, there is no serial number. There, There's nothing like that. It's just a gold coin with a stamp on it. So I mean, I don't see any problem with that. God said the silver and the gold belongs to him. Besides that, maybe maybe God's just pulling it from the bottom of the seafloor, from a ship that went down and transferring it by the angels over into uh, that area where Sister Josephine had the 5,000 francs. But I'm telling you that God can do money miracles. God can multiply money. And I uh, spoke with a ministry partner, had lunch with him uh, a few months back. And he said, Pastor Stephen, you know, I listen to your teaching and you teach about miracles and stuff like that. And uh, he said, but what do I say? What, what do I say when, it ha- when it's happened to me? I said, well, what do you mean? 
He said, well, I had this debt, and it was pretty large debt, too. And the note on it was years out, you know, monthly payments, years out. He said, I got a statement in the bank saying, we thank you for your business. Your balance is 0.00. Thank you. Paid in full. And and no explanation. No explanation for how this long-term debt is now gone. Gone. Well, Pastor Stephen, we need to get to the bottom of this. Well, why not, first of all, just receive the miracle and thank God for it? (laughs) And there are certain things about miracles, even if you look into them, there are sometimes you can't get to the bottom of it. It's not explainable. There is no explanation for it. So why not just say praise the Lord and uh, let's just rejoice and keep on going. Woo, hallelujah. Amen. But for him, that debt's gone. It's gone. It's gone. Praise God. So I believe that God can do money miracles for you. I believe God can do miracle favor for you, favor that doesn't even make any sense. So it's supernatural miracle favor. God opens doors for you. People do things for you. And later they don't even know why they did it. But that's okay because you've already gone through the door and you have capitalized on that open door opportunity. And so you have received what God had for you but you have to be involved in working it. You have to use your legs to walk through the door or go up and talk to the person or whatever the case might be. There can be miracle uh, meetings where there are, there are some people, it doesn't matter how much money you have, you can't get to them. They are not accessible. But with God, all things are possible. You might end up becoming their best friend. Woo! Woo! Glory to God. That doesn't mean that you abuse that Now you start putting that on Instagram. No, maybe you're supposed to be there, but you're low key about it and you're trustworthy. That's why they like you. A lot of people, they try to get in the upper circles. They want to be in upper circles and then they get there and some of those circles, they're very tight and, uh, and then that person thinks they're in there. Now they start doing selfies with everybody and that's not uh, you'll be, you'll be out so fast your head would spin. You, you can't do that. You have to honor uh, relationships and you, you never use people as like a, a rung on the ladder to go up. No, no, we're here to serve. We're not here to get, we're here to be a blessing. <laughs> Amen. We're not running after uh, the blessing. The blessing is running after us. Glory, glory to God. But I see many of you having some very special, I would call it even like miraculous type relationships where people say, how did you ever get into that Room. How did you ever get to, uh, you know, have access into their life? And really, it's it's a miracle. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. So some of you are going to have some testimonies like Sister Josephine, miracle money. Look, if people don't give, don't think for a moment that God's kingdom is going to get shuttered and we have to put a sign up that says out of business. God, God will get his kingdom uh, furthered and God is going to move and the church will go forward regardless of what happens, but you have to believe and God might have to do a miracle, but he's got enough power to get you ahead. Even if everything else is closing down, you'll be flourishing right in the middle of it. And thus you'll be a sign and a wonder and people will wonder how are they making it? And you will be a sign because they can see that what you're proclaiming is actually pointing them to Jesus and that they need to get their lives right with God. Amen. Lift your hands. I want to pray for you. Father, I pray for those that are watching today that 
they not only experience miracles, operate in the working of miracles, but that you would make them a miracle in themselves in a sense where they, 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 it's like they are a miracle. They are a sign. They are a wonder. And I thank you, Father God, that even if some have counted them out before, you're going to give them such victories that nobody is ever going to count them out ever again. They'll, they'll think, oh, we, we remember what happened last time when his back was against the wall and how God blew the wall away and got him out. So, Father, we just thank you. We just give you all of the praise for the miracles that you're going to do. And I, I believe there's an overdue of miracles. And as they begin to flow, the dam is going to break and there's going to be a plethora of them. We give you all of the praise. We thank you. We thank you, Father, for what you do in our lives, igniting faith in others. And we won't hide our testimonies underneath the bushel. No, we'll bring the lamp out and let it shine. We'll tell people what you did, what you're doing, because it does bless others. Now, Father, thank you. Let the gift of the working of miracles be worked in the lives of your people. We thank you, Father. We remove any... Um, element of mysterious unknown about this gift. We remove maybe the ethereal feeling of a spiritual air castle that we can never attain. We remove all of that, Father. Miracles can be very, very normal, very, very normal for those with miracle mentalities, for those who believe. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. You are blessed, and the gift is operating in you. Woo! Amen. Amen. Now, that gift does primarily land in certain ministers' lives. For those that are in the five-fold full-time ministry office, there is supernatural equipment that goes with every uh, full-time ministry office, whether it's apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. But that does not in any way uh, mean that you cannot have uh, any of the gifts of the Spirit manifest in your life as the need arises. And you're going to need some miracles. You're going to need some miracles, and God's going to do them for you. So get ready. Get ready to go with that flow. Woo! Praise God. Praise God. Woo! Hallelujah. Receive your miracle. God's going to walk many of you out of debt. It is just like the Israelites walking through the Red Sea that's been split apart. It is the, it is the working of a miracle, but you've got to just keep walking through it. That's the working part. Uh, uh, God split it by his mighty power, but you have to walk through it. So you have to receive what God has for you and you have to walk. So that's the um, dynamic element of it. You're, God's going to walk you right out of debt. He'll show you how to do it though. And you need to do that. Praise God. Woo. God's doing such fine tuning in your life right now that everything is going to be in supernatural order and everything's going to be right where it's supposed to be. And if something is out, the Holy Spirit's going to show you how to fix it and make it right. Mm -mm. It's your world and it sure is beautiful. Amen. Praise God. Now, if you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, you need to pray with me right now so I can lead you into receiving him, saving your soul and getting your life right with God. Now, if you used to be a Christian, but you fell away, uh, got caught up in the world and uh, kind of like Paul said about Demas, he said, Demas has forsaken me and he loves the things of the world. Okay. Well, if you're the lost wandering Demas, you need to come back and get your life right with God. Amen. Amen. We don't want to see you go to hell. We want to see you make heaven and also live a blessed life. So come on back, get out of the pig pen, pray this prayer also with me. Let us pray together. Just say this, say, Lord Jesus, 
I repent of my sins. I surrender fully my life to you. Save me now. Wash all of my sins away with your precious blood. Jesus, write my name in your book of life and step into my life today and lead me and guide me from this day forward. In your name I pray, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory to God. Woo, hallelujah. You're more than a conqueror. Amen. And those of you that just prayed that prayer, amen. Welcome for new believers. Welcome to the family of God. And for those that were formerly wandering sheep, welcome back to the safe fold, the fold of safety and blessing. Praise God. Now let's take Holy Communion. Grab some unleavened bread, a little cracker, grab some grape juice, and let's pray. Father, we bless the bread and the juice, and through this prayer, we set it apart as being holy, and we thank you that this is the body and the blood of Jesus. Father, as we receive the Lord's flesh, we thank you that the faith of the believer must include the miraculous. And now, Father, we thank you this is in our, our inheritance, and we will not let it sit on the table untouched. We thank you for the mighty gifts of your spirit. And we thank you, Father God, for the working of miracles, dunamis, dynamite power. We thank you, Father, you're going to get us to where we're supposed to be. And we receive those miracles. We receive now the Lord's holy body in Jesus' name. Let's partake together. Amen. Praise the Lord. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. Thank you for protection. Thank you for protection. Thank you for the cleansing blood. We thank you that any punishment that we deserve for the sins we've committed, we thank you that Jesus bore it on the cross, that he was punished for our sins. And we thank you, O oh God, that he paid the penalty for it all. We thank you for Jesus. He shed his blood for the remitting, the taking away of our sins. Father, we do proclaim his death until he comes because it's through his death that our penalty has been paid for. And now we are in right standing with you through the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's receive together. Woo, glory to God. Well, my friends, um, let me put up on the screen ways in which you can give, support, and bless the ministry financially. You can give online. You could give by text, or you can mail a financial blessing in. Help us preach the gospel all around the world. And also, if you do have a heart, maybe to help translate uh, one of my books into a new language, and that is something that uh, you feel good about, and you would like to do that as unto the Lord, contact me at contact at stephenbrooks.org. Amen. But my friends, thank you for your giving. It helps us to continue to preach the gospel to Israel as we are broadcasting out of Bethlehem three times every week. We are broadcasting from Bethlehem across um, uh, Israel, and they also hear it down in Gaza Strip. 
That means uh, Hamas and all, all of those that would be in that area, yeah, they, they can pick it up on their TV channels. They certainly can. Praise God. God's working in very unusual ways. And thank you also because we're also on the air in over 200 nations through some very, very powerful TV networks that your giving allows us to be on. So thank you for standing with us as the ministry is reaching out in various departments, different branches, to take the gospel through internet, through television, through books, and other platforms. Father, bless your people. Bless your people. Bless their giving. And we give you all of the praise. Lord, I thank you that they're going to have a miracle happen in their life soon. Get ready. Flow with it. Go with it. Work it. Father, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. See you again real soon.